I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. I'm Randy Robinson, and uh, I'm glad you're here. I'm, we're going to talk about something that is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine, and, and that is the use of Scripture out of context. And I don't, I don't know how long you've been a Christian. I grew up in the church. I went to Christian university. I've been around ministry all my life, worked in it, most of it. And it's, it's crazy. Sometimes I hear things, and I'm like, that. I don't think it means what you were saying that it means you know um and then sometimes i'll be reading and i'll see a verse that i know very well and go well wait a minute that's that's in a different context than i i realized context is important we're going to talk about that today my guest is jay payliner and he is just a prolific author uh written written tons of books uh good a lot of just fun good uh books so if you if you see his name uh, if, if he said he sold a lot in truck stops, bus terminals, and airports, uh, of course, COVID kind of threw that a little curve. But if you if you happen to be in a truck stop, airport, or uh, bus terminal, and you see a Jay Paylightner book, just go ahead and pick it up. Jay, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you ever had you, that Andy. intro before? <laughs> no, that's fantastic. I appreciate you. Uh, we've been on before, uh, and you are a, a, a true scholar and gifted interviewer and, and author yourself. Thank you for thank you for having me on. I've been looking forward to this. Okay, I want, I want to show people your book. It's called The Next Verse, What You Never Knew About 50 of Your Favorite Bible passages, and like I said, you're actually you're, 60, 60. Is that a 60? That's a 60. That, that tells you how good my vision is. <laughs> I'm reading it <laughs> yeah. on a screen over here. And just, yeah, sure. 60. So thanks for the correction. Um, uh, what, what, why'd you even go this direction? Did you have some of the same experiences I've had? Well, uh, we could go back way far. Uh, my first books, most of my first books were about relationships. Uh, 52 things kids need from a dad and books on marriage and and uh, getting your your life right kind of thing. And I realized that um, afterwards, a dad would come up to me and say, Jay, uh, after t- talking to a group of dads, they would come to me and say, Jay, uh, uh, I'm having trouble connecting with my kids or, or my ex-wife is not doing this, is not letting me see the kids. And I would say, well, okay, how's your... How's your walk? How's your faith? How, what do you? you know, um, that's not the problem right now. It's my, it's, it's a problem with my kids. It's like, wait a second. Let's get your, let's get your own act together first a little bit. Get you, get yourself right with God, and and you know what, other things fall into place. All that to say, I started writing my transitioning from, um, from uh, personal relationships that that ver- that horizontal thing to the vertical. Uh, we need to get ourselves right with God if we want our our lives to fall into place. I yeah. mean, that's not a big surprise. You know that, Randy. And then, um, well, actually, the, the the true story behind the book, the, the next verse, is that uh, about uh, maybe two decades ago, I bought a new Bible. It's always fun to get a new Bible, even though you and uh, you know there's no writing in it yet. You haven't scribbled in it yet. And I was listening to a, a, pre- a preacher's talk, and he was talking about Ephesians two eight and nine. Wonderful, uh, wonderful. Um, uh, for it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and not from yourself, not by works. It's a gift of God that no one can boast. What a wonderful thing that is. And I think, oh, I'm just sitting here and enjoying that message. It's, 
a gift, not by works. You can't earn your way to heaven. And then he goes on to the next verse, which is, of course, for we are God's handiwork when God's prepared work for us to do uh, ahead of time. It's like, wait a second. What is it? Is it is it works? Is it? And you got, of course, we understand that, that we know that uh, faith leads to works. And yep. again, those kind of things. Um, so I opened up my new Bible and in the back clean pages on, inside the back cover, I wrote Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 plus 10. The next verse, I wrote that down. And <laughs> it's like, oh, wait a second. And then it's amazing how God revealed over the next two decades scores of the examples where the next verse uh, seemingly contradicts or really clarifies or makes you laugh even a little bit or reminds you of something that you should have known that you'd be grasping onto. So that's how uh, that's the Genesis if I can use that word, of this idea of the next verse. It's something that's been been uh, a personal mission and ministry to, that spoke to me, and I finally found a publisher that would help me share that with the world. <laughs> and you are doing the same thing now, Randy. Thank you for that. So that, that Genesis led to a revelation. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Ah, uh, yes. B- biblical puns. We, lo- we love biblical puns. There we go. All right. Okay, so this one's not on your on your short list that, that I've got here and we, we will hit those but I know I know you've heard this one and this is one that sometimes I just go just read the context please I can do all things <laughs> through Christ who strengthens me uh, uh, yeah that is one of those uh, it's Philippians right yeah. uh, he's um, in jail <laughs> uh, Philippians 4 verse 13 uh, as I think it is uh, I think I do I do cover that in the book um um, and that is one that we just love to put on those yeah. on those walls of the of, uh, of workout rooms. <laughs> right, and right. I, I think my kids uh, had that there was a poster of uh, some sports poster that my sons had it in their yeah. office. Yeah, it, it means um, I can win all Super Bowls because well, yeah. <laughs> Jesus well, is on yeah, my side. What's so funny is <laughs> if both if both no. sides in the Super Bowl are praying. Which one's God going to answer? That kind of thing. That's always amusing too. Uh, well, um, here the Cowboys. That's obvious. There, there you go. Um, well, uh, yeah, we've seen that verse. And um, uh, but how does one? The question for that is, I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. And uh, the question is, how do you get to that point? Uh, <laughs> can I really do all things? And this is one of those cases. And again, I'm looking in the book right now because I need to be reminded. Um, most of the time, this is on page fifty. If you got it there, yep. yep. Um, uh, most of most of the most of the chapters in the book are indeed the next verse. For this particular chapter, I went to the previous verse, mm-hmm. of Philippians four twelve, and that's worth looking at right now. Exactly. I I know I know what it is to be in need, and it's almost like this 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 uh, four twelve is a drum roll. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And that's a drum roll. And that was that's what leads you to, that's how I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I have learned that I can do, I can be, you know, going through tough times or going through awesome, going through awesomeness. I can be content. I can be hungry. Uh, once you learn that, ladies and gentlemen, that's how you know that you can do all things because he's going to take care of you. They're kind of thing. Yeah, and so, I think the, the out of context part that, that I think, uh, unfortunately, some people hit is, is that they think that they 
can have success in all areas because Jesus is on your side. But like you say, you, you look at the context and it's like, no, I can be content when I'm hungry. You know, I can be yeah. content when I'm broke as a joke. Right. And that just the, the, the understanding of that, it, it changes the, the meaning or at least yeah, not, yeah. not doesn't change yeah. the scripture but it changes the connotation in our heads yeah right right yeah, yeah. um well and again the, the idea that this is on a, a this is on your poster i mean again your listeners and right your viewers right now they go yeah i've seen that on posters mm-hmm. i've seen that on on plaques and or uh, on, on tattoos even kind of <laughs> right <laughs> um and there are so if you think about what's on your walls and i walked around when i was writing this book i walked around my house and I, I talked to my the guy, the men in my small group, tell me the things that are on the wall in your house. Mm-hmm. And that was many of the things that launched these chapters. <laughs> um, and they are on bumper stickers and refrigerator magnets and uh, and tattoos, as I said, and posters and coffee mugs. Um, so that might be impetus for uh, any of your listeners to go grab this book. It's, go, it's, to, it's to look what the, the uh, scriptures that are on your walls or around your house and ask yourself, do you know what the next verse is? And you don't need my book. You can you can open <laughs> yeah. open your own Bible, as a matter of fact, and and re- and read the next verse, and you will be surprised at how <laughs> at how often it's like, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, son of a gun, I haven't thought of that, or or thank you, Lord, for that clarification. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, or well, and correction. Let, let me let yeah. me ask you about one that I have on my wall at my house, um, which I know a lot of people do. As for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. A great verse, a great declaration over your house. What, uh, what's... Yeah, it, well, absolutely. Um, uh, and I have a friend who's got that on their welcome mat, even, if you think about that. <laughs> nice. And it's a beautiful, it's just just a, you know, a handful of words, and it's just it's lovely, it's lyrical. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And you might even know Joshua, that's an Old Testament Joshua, mm-hmm. 24, 15. You go, oh, okay, that's cool. And I think I know who Joshua is. <laughs> yeah, he's the he's the guy who... Who, who, you know, Moses never made it to the promised land. It was Joshua who, who finally led the Israelites across the river and took Jericho kind of thing. So Joshua, we kind of know him. But what's the context for this verse? As for me and my house, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Okay. Um, it's the last chapter, as you know, as you know, Randy, of the book of Joshua. And Joshua is 110 years old, and he gathers... All the Israelites uh, on the plains or the desert or the fields of, of Shechem, and uh, and he's he's uh, in that chapter, chapter twenty four. He's talking to them about God's faithfulness through the years. Um, Abraham talks about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and and uh, and how they got through the Red Sea and how they survived the desert. It's just really a reminding them of how good God is. And then he says, and by the way. I'm, parap- <laughs> I'm paraphrasing now. Sure. By the way, I know you guys, you uh, you folks have, uh, you good Israelites have uh, have turned to idols once in a while. So let's not, let's keep our head about ourselves and let's not do that again. And then he says, the great, the great verse we all know, as for me and my house, he's being a model. He's, he's, showing, he's putting himself up as an example. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And in the next verse, it's, it's the exact right response from the people. Joshua 24, 16 says, the people replied, we would never abandon the Lord and serve other gods. Well, that's the exact right response. Yeah. But, uh, 
But Joshua goes, hmm, okay, okay, I, I hear you. And then he asks him two more times to be sure. Okay, we're gonna we're serving the Lord. And they say again, we would never serve other gods. So 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 three times he asks them, three times they respond. Joshua dies a happy man, they bury him, and the book of Joshua is done. Perfect, great. Except you flip two pages over <laughs> into the very next book of Judges, and those rascals, those Israelites, they are doing the same thing again. They're worshiping idols again. So so the uh, the punchline and the takeaway here is um, that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. When you see that, that is not just a nice statement. That is a challenge. That is a question yeah. for you. Who are you serving? And by the way, what might your idols be? Now, Randy, your idol is not a golden calf. I know that. Mm. But you might have other idols or, or I might have other idols. What's your idol? So really, that's a question. When you see that, when you know it's a nice little wooden plaque on your windowsill in the kitchen, mm -hmm. but really it's a it's a, a statement, a question, it's a challenge for those who uh, uh, purport to be true believers. Uh, a great that uh, was that's one of the verses that actually uh, cemented my idea that I got to write this book, uh, and uh, hmm. what a privilege to to dig dig in like that, uh, Old Testament and New Testament. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good. All right, we're talking to Jay Payleitner, and we're talking about. His book, The Next Verse, available wherever you get books. Uh, truck stops across America. No, I'm kidding. I, I just I can't, I can't well, let that one go. Uh, well, Amazon is, you know, half all, Randy, half of all the books in America are sold on Amazon. And they come it on trucks. It blows my mind. Yeah. And they come on trucks. And, uh, okay. yeah, they do. All they right. do. The next, the next day. Anybody who wants that, my book, the next, tomorrow, the next verse, the next day. Is, I've, ne I've never said that before. There you go. Get the, there get you go. The next that's my new uh, new plug, my new commercial line. There. <laughs> okay. Want the next verse, the next day. Uh, let me let me get back to the, the yeah. text of of the book and of the scripture, because yes. I yeah. got to ask you about this one. And this one, this one just lights me up at times because you hear it just in two words often, oftentimes from people who who have n never sat in in a, in a church in their lives, like judge, judge not. Don't remember. Bible says, "Don't don't judge." So therefore, therefore, what we we should not have any level of discernment or what? Yeah, what 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 are we saying there? Oh, you Christians, you're always judging. Judge not. Judge not. I know your Bible says, "Judge not," or, or you'll be ju judge not. Well, yeah, it does say that. Matthew seven one, Gospel of Matthew it must be legit. I mean, it's uh, right there in the New Testament. Uh, and I, Matthew seven one is probably the most uh, most uh, misused verse mm -hmm. in all of Scripture. Uh, non Christians will say, uh, "Don't judge." Bible says, "Don't judge," and you know I give them credit for knowing that much of the Bible at least. <laughs> but but um, here's the point, and I explore this just in a few pages. Most of my the chapters just a couple pages to explore these ideas. Um, they might be right. Uh, we cannot. We can't hold non-believers to the same standard that we hold ourselves. Um, they don't have the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. yeah. living in with, with them. Yeah. They don't. Um, uh, there's a sense that uh, Steve Brown used to say, a great preacher, radio preacher, used to say, um, it's like they're reading somebody else's mail. When, when someone who doesn't understand God or know who God is or believe in God or is a, uh, an authentic Christian, they open the Bible, it's like they're reading somebody else's mail. So they don't know the context. They don't know what's going on. All that to say, um, I see what they're saying. Uh, on the other hand, Christians 
we have a responsibility to point out sin in the lives of other believers. First uh, Corinthians 5.12, Paul writes, um, it isn't my responsibility to judge, it isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. So Randy, if you know if mm. if you're hanging out with me and you see me sinning, I'm gonna not just ask you, I'm gonna expect you to say, Jay, you know what? That's not right. We need you need to you need to kind of step it up. Uh and I should take that as a as a gift, as a matter of fact. Um so so really that the the whole thing about uh, do not judge you to, to be judged, and maybe let's go to the next verse, but we need to be careful. Uh, we're all sinners. God's going to have the final say. But let's turn to the next verse, which is Matthew 7, 2. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. Mm-hmm. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So suddenly we're getting some instructions on how to judge. And, and the idea that it's a two-way street. And then you have to even go to the next few verses is that... <laughs> is that great, almost comical uh, uh, vision of uh, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye when you got this right. big old plank or log in your own? Um, so that, so I guess the, well, the, the takeaway for me, and, and please dig in yourself, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's okay. We, want to, we need to be able to identify right and wrong. We need, as, as Christians, we need to work on identifying right from wrong but we need to probably spend more time getting our own head on straight, getting our own act together, sure. than judging others. Uh, and then the, the other thought would be when we when we do see sin, let's lead with love, let's lead with empathy, and come alongside people rather than you know beating them over the head. I guess. Sure. So that's yeah. kind of the takeaway from that idea. What do you think, Randy? Well, okay. So uh, back to context. Uh, you, have, you back up and say, who is Jesus talking to? No, oh, yeah. he's talking to the Pharisees, right? who judged they had their set of rules where they would they would judge others but their rules basically disallowed them from being judged uh, which you get into you know the whole section and it's there in matthew close by i don't remember the address where he's he's saying look you've you've heard it said or it is written you know you shall not commit adultery but you know if you have lust in your heart you're guilty before the law Right, so he's he's really setting the the Pharisees straight and in their their legalistic idea and saying you know don't judge in such a way that you can't be judged. In other words, don't don't create these false things because God knows your heart. And there's yeah. another place where I believe it's Paul says judge with righteous judgment. Um, and so the idea that we are to judge is there, but it's the idea that we judge based on. God's truth, not on our own arbor, not on my truth, right? So to me, that's a huge slap at this idea of, well, you have your truth and I have my truth. It's like, mm-hmm. no, there's God's truth and that's it. And we should judge according to that. And then obviously what you point out is is get the plank out of your own eye before you go work and worrying about the speck on the other guy's eye. Which which kind of proves that you can take these verses and look before and after in context. Um uh, one of my uh, one of my revelations recently was that uh, what the Pharisees said was true. The Pharisees were speaking truth, and they did that often. Uh, Old Testament law truth, right. and Jesus um, and some people say, well, Jesus 
softened everything and came at peace and making everything just nice and wasn't so much so severe. Actually, Jesus doubled down in many times on on, uh, on the Old Testament uh, uh, laws and made it even more not severe, but even said these are important and even go beyond that. Yeah. That whole the whole uh, uh, you could point to tithing. And Jesus said, "No, you know what? It's all God's uh, right." And do, do even more than that. Right. Uh, when he uh, the Pharisees come, oh, that great that great uh, uh, scene where Jesus ends up drawing in the sand. Uh, the 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 Pharisees they drag this um, uh, a, a woman who committed adultery. Yeah, all by uh, herself. Jesus, and, and, there's, there's no man there. <laughs> it's just right. well, that's true. That's another part of it that we don't, that we don't remember. Um, Jesus and the Pharisees drag this woman and says, "Okay, Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, we've got you this time." Again, I'm paraphrasing. Um, the law says we're supposed to stone this woman. What do you say? And he doesn't give a big old long speech. He bends over and brings some poise to the situation, uh, some some tension actually. And starts drawing in the sand. Then he stands up and says, "You who are without sin, cast the first stone." Mm-hmm. And you think about that scene right there. So he's uh, and uh, uh, and one by one, the Pharisees drop their stones and leave. And uh, it's funny that the older Pharisees are the ones who left first because they're saying, "Oh, that Jesus of Nazareth, he got us again. He bested, he outsmarted us again." The younger Pharisees are going, um, uh, "Well, they're sticking around a little bit longer." Anyways, they finally all leave, and Jesus doesn't let the woman off the hook. Yeah, he goes. They don't. They don't condemn you. They they can't condemn. And neither do I at this point. Uh, go and sin no more. She. Uh, they. Um. Uh, and that's again one of the chapters I explore in the book is is the the verses in that passage. Yeah, but yeah, um. Yeah. But go and sin no more. And here's the point. Um, Jesus wasn't saying that uh, adultery was fine. He was going a step beyond that. Right. In that we all have to, we're all held accountable, uh, uh, and it's it it goes beyond just what the we can't just rest on the old law. We have to add his own truth to it. Eh, I, I I know I know it's it's pure speculation, uh, and yeah. we don't know. Uh, and hopefully, I would just love to know. But do you, what do you think he might have written in the sand? Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, we don't know. Maybe he was just tracing little designs, <laughs> give him time to think. Maybe he was writing the, the the maybe he was listening to all ten of the the uh, uh, ten commandments. Ten commandments, sure. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Um, uh, maybe he was listening the names of the Pharisees. So, oh, let me let me who's here? You know, you're here. I'm gonna put your name down here. I know I, you. I, I'm putting your name down. I think he what could have been think? writing the names of their girlfriends. <laughs> oh, well, I, that was one I hadn't thought of. There you go, Randy. Yeah, very, you, very, you very just, good. just not um, twisted enough. But yeah, I'm yes, like, oh, oh, Rabbi Schmeckel. Oh, I remember her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was. She was. She was lovely. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, yes. Right. And then not, not worth. And not, not your worth wife. Lo- yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Oh, oh, so you my. talk. You talk about condemnation, and that leads me to one of my favorite next verses because it follows. One, we all know, I used to see guys with signs of football games on TV. John three sixteen, you know, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. I love the next verse. Uh, thank you. And I, I have to assume that many of your listeners have gone on to read the next verse. But but boy, oh boy, it, it's so stunning, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, John 3.16, it's about love and about uh, the gift of his son, of God's son and eternal life. 
But then, bam, right after that is the word the, is the word uh, condemnation or condemned three times mm-hmm. in the next verse or two. Uh, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. And then even uh, John 3, 18, the idea of that the world is condemned already. Oh, my golly. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so that kind of confirms suddenly you're not reading about grace, but about judgment. And we have to realize and understand that um, you can't have grace without judgment. Um, and even more so, uh, it proves that Jesus was on a rescue mission. Absolutely. And we need to, we need to be rescued. Well, What's your take on that? To, well, to me, that's the perfect balance to this idea of whether we should judge, right, and how we should judge. Oh, good. Yeah. Right, because so we, we have to know we have to know the truth. Uh, and Jesus came fully in truth, fully in grace, which is a great model for all of our lives, which we should strive for. But so we, we can we point out the sin. We we say sin is sin. But but here's here's the end game. It's not to condemn the person, but so that they might be saved. Uh, yes. The, even the, the old law is so valuable to point out uh, our needs and our brokenness and mm-hmm. our need for a savior. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, there, there are Christ followers out there who kind of throw out the Old Testament or don't spend enough time on it. There's so much stuff there that helps us, oh, the law is valuable to point out uh, our need for a Savior yeah. and where, uh, where we need to get our act together. Well, yeah, I but, mean, and, and you, you, realize, you realize the depravity of your own sin yeah. and the forgiveness that comes with that. It just the gratitude, you know, uh, and the desire to not go back back do you I mean do you want to go back to that pig pen no no it's so good on the other side you know <laughs> the, the table with the feast is so good why do you want to go eat with the pigs again you know anyway uh, go eat with the pigs uh, randy i i don't know how much time we have left here but i got to do this one uh matthew eleven twenty eight. if i can yeah one well, of my favorites it, yeah that's actually <laughs> okay. what i was gonna ask i was gonna say what's okay. one of your favorites so you, <laughs> yeah oh good um it's about sitting in the shade and drinking lemonade with Jesus. Don't we just want to do that? Uh, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Yeah, beautiful. What a, that's a beautiful. Yeah. And I could see that, uh, you know, um, on a, on a, with rainbows and someplace, something, a big poster. Or Church a lovely, marquee. Come, yeah, come <laughs> to me, all who are weary and I will, and bur- and weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Man, and it's for everyone. All you who are worried. It's all you who are worried. Okay. The next verse. <laughs> it almost is humorous. It's so it's so stunningly opposite. It feels like at least. Matthew, Matthew 11, 29 and 30. I'm gonna read it for you. Take my yoke upon you. <laughs> what suddenly suddenly we're we're got wooden collars on us like it's like some horses or oxen or something. Right. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Mm -hmm. So he softens it a little bit. But that first stunning few words, um, come to me, you all, you weary, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. What That looks like we're going to work hard for this. And, um, of course, there are several takeaways from here. One is that, um, okay, take my yoke. It's not our yoke. It's Jesus saying, take my yoke. And so the idea that he's carrying these burdens already and you're going to come alongside him and you know that he is 
he can handle it because he has carried the weight of all the sins of all the world ever committed and ever will be committed. That's what he paid for on the cross. So, so he has the ability to the physical and emotional and uh, and the ability to carry these these sins. And then um, you're not going to just find rest for your bodies. It says you will find rest for your souls, mm. which is a billion times better than rest for your for your physical needs. Sure. And then even more so. Um, it says, and these you skip these words. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, because he's so he's next to you. He's got the we're yoked next to Jesus, and he is whispering directions to you and guidance and love and encouragement to you the whole way. So, um, so when I read those three verses together, uh, my takeaway is we should maybe grab more burdens. We should be never be afraid of a burden. Because that's, that's going to bring us closer to Jesus to walk with him and be yoked with him. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Well, yeah. so so Judy in Canada points out that uh, yokes, they're not designed for a single animal, are they? They're designed for two. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. And and we're wrong. You can type later. But regardless, I think the point is, is that Jesus is making is is that, yeah, you, you're close to me. And I, I, I carry all this weight, you know. Mm-hmm. Because uh, when you're yoked with me, it, it, what your part is light. It's like when I was helping my son move in to his house recently, uh, and we had this desk, and one side's got all the the heavy wood drawers, you know, <laughs> and the other side's just open. And I look at that, and I go, I go down to the end where there's not all the weight, and he's on the other <laughs> end, and it's like he's, like, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the weight. Well, it took two of us to do this. So, you know, two of us to move it. We moved it, but all the weight was on him. And I, so he's the he's Jesus in this scenario. You, de- oh, definitely is, is, yeah. the, is yeah. the Jesus character. In this scenario. Yeah, but my point being, yeah, you know, yeah, it's it is a partnership. But you got the light end. Yeah, that's right. Well, it ends my for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, the words of Jesus. In uh, in the middle of Matthew, what a great little scene that is! <laughs> to my viewer, the the drawers didn't come out in that one, but you would have been correct. Take the drawers oh, out. Right. <laughs> Take the drawers, or that's the last. Maybe that's the big takeaway. Take the drawers, Take the drawers out, out. First. Okay, I have. I do have one, one last question for you, Jay. Um, yeah. Are there any well-known verses uh, that either surprised you when you read the next verse in, in a way that totally changed the meaning, or that you think is very common? Sort of a misconception among people because we we don't take the context into account. Um, I, uh, I, I, when you ask that question, I go to Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Mm-hmm. And that was something that was important to me early on in my faith, realizing that, well, okay, I got it. Jesus is the only way. So we all need to take get that to come to that understanding. But I never realized that it was the answer to a question. Hmm. And uh, the question came from our friend Thomas, good old doubting Thomas. I love who, Thomas. Who, 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 later, who later on, of course, needed to see the the hand, the the holes in Jesus. Put, right. He needed to put his fingers in in ah. Jesus's hands and inside, kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, uh, uh, so the the previous verse we have John fourteen sixteen, is it isn't just I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's Jesus answered. So, okay, that, that adds a little bit more depth to what Jesus it was an answer to a question. Uh, and uh, really, doubting Thomas is just asking Jesus for directions to heaven. He's a little confused. He says, well, Lord, we do not know where you are going. Right. Uh, how can we know the way? 
which is a great question for all of us to ask. Mm -hmm. We we don't we can't imagine heaven. We you're describing this heaven place. We can't imagine it. Mm -hmm. And how can we know the way? And of course, Jesus uh, doesn't give, pull out a roadmap. He says, "I am the way. I am the way. The truth and the life." No one comes to the Father except through me. So that context, and, and you've been pointing out the context. It's either the next verse or the previous verse or or who the audience is or what the culture is doing at that moment. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, and then he goes on, it's it worth saying, if you had already known me, you would know who my Father is. Mm -hmm. From now on, you do know him mm -hmm. and have seen him. Uh, so really the takeaway there is know Jesus. If you know Jesus, you will know God. Jesus is the only way to heaven. And um, you, do you uh, want my do you want my Thomas rant? Uh, my, uh, please go. Please <laughs> go. Here's, here's, the, here's the thing. When after the resurrection uh, and was Mary goes and tells the disciples. Yeah. He, he's risen. <laughs> you know, God chose a woman to preach the, the gospel first. All right. Um, they didn't believe her. Said you're a woman. You're crazy. <laughs> So, and, and, but, and then Jesus shows up and they see him and they believe, but Thomas wasn't there, right? Yeah. So they're all doubting Thomas's if we're going to give him that label. I mean, come on, man. That's just not fair. Here's the thing. I appreciate Thomas going, I need to see it for myself. Yeah. I've been that guy my whole life. I raised in the yeah. church, hearing sermons, and I'm always going, I don't know. Well, I, see, I need to see uh, it for myself. Well, and I think Randy, Jesus Randy, honors Randy, that. Randy, Randy, you're suggesting that that doubt is a is a it's a negative attribute. I think it's a very strong attribute because mm. if you, I maybe you're saying that, but if you if you can plow through your doubts and get answers to your questions, suddenly you are well equipped to evangelize and speak truth. You know, always be ready. First Peter three fifteen, one of my great favorite verses. Be be ready always to give an answer for the hope that's in you. But do with gentleness and respect, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, so a you know, doubtful mind is unstable in all his ways. Right. Uh, a doubtful yeah. man, right? You know, it's so I, it's not the doubt. I oh, just think yeah, it's a yeah. healthy skepticism or really just the idea that I'm not just going to take everyone else's word. I need to I need to know Jesus for myself. And being a PK, I see a lot of preachers' kids that kind of they're they're oh. Christians because their family's a Christian or because the culture's yeah. a Christian or they were raised in the South. It's like no, you need, you need to reach out and touch, Jesus, yourself. Mm. That's anyway. well. Let me let me do a big punctuation on that. The name Thomas means, as you know, twin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there's no mention or other. You don't. We don't meet Thomas's twin ever. So maybe I'm wondering who is Thomas's twin, and Randy, it might be you, <laughs> and it might be me. Yeah, well, and, okay. Uh, when when Jesus wanted to go back to where they were trying to kill him, and they're like, "Jesus, Lord, don't go there. They want to kill you." And Jesus is like, we're, "I'm going anyway." I think it's to to see Lazarus uh, when when he had died. I believe that's the context. But regardless, my point is that Thomas goes, "Well, if you're going, then let us go that we may die with you." Wow, I. Uh, you're right. That's not top of mind. Exactly. What a great guy he is. Yeah. Uh, let me do one other thing. Um, I have uh, speaking of G the, the the holes in Jesus's hand, and I don't want to be too emotional here, but occasionally when I'm worshiping, I find myself doing this, hmm. holding my holding my hands, not not doing the big hands thing or or this kind of thing, but but holding holding a a, a, a where, where 
with with as a hole in my hands when I'm when I'm going Jesus you did this for me mm. you by your, by my your stripes I am healed mm-hmm. it's it's his blood that that is one drop of blood was it Luther who said that one drop of blood is worth the whole world kind of thing mm. a drop of Je- one drop of Jesus', Jesus blood. blood so you know what if you if you're ever singing worshiping in church and you find yourself uh, pressing your thumb into your into where where uh, a hole in your hand might be although they say that Jesus was probably crucified the the nails were in his Wrist. In his wrist, probably. Otherwise, yeah, anyway, the point's the same. But it's the point is made. Um, uh, think about the holes in Jesus. We're going off the off the subject of the book here, but what a great uh, 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 thought process this is to yeah. think about who Thomas is and uh, the power of not not cynicism, but healthy uh, healthy doubt. Yeah, yeah, sure. Skepticism, I like to call it. Yeah, hmm. and the idea of of seeing it for yourself. You know. Come and yeah. see. It was yeah. one of the one of the disciples when he was recruiting another one said, "Come and come and see." You know, I got a hat from the the chosen that says, "Come and see." I love that whole concept. Oh. Just come and see for yourself. <laughs> then you'll know. Once you see, then 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 you'll believe. All right, Good. this is the book we've been kind of talking around. The next verse by J. Payleitner. Uh, available wherever you get books. I also want to show you his website. This is jpayleitner.com. Uh, good German spelling, right? E before I, uh, and uh, <laughs> good. you'll find it. Um, and lots, lots of good conversations and some blogs and tons of other books. So please do check that out. Jay, I appreciate you being with us today. It's always a fun conversation, always with some depth, some meat, you know? And so, and some you. rabbit trails. We went on some rabbit trails today, but that's that's kind of part of the great, the great uh, uh, joy of conversing with uh, with fellow believers. Yeah. yeah. Well, guilty as charged. I'm okay with that. All right. <laughs> Anything else before I let you go? No. Hey. Um. I. I. I do speaking. I, I would love to come to yeah. anybody's church or any. Uh, I lead men's retreats, kind of thing. Go to my website. Uh, talk about marriage and being a dad and and uh, and getting your life right. Uh, you know, get, uh, what if God wrote your bucket list is one of my talks. Mm. What if God wrote your bucket list, kind of thing. All that to say, um, uh, I'm a resource and uh, Randy, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, the the world needs what you're saying. Yeah, so and uh, well, well, I'm sure you'll write another book. We'll come back and have another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you, man. Appreciate all you guys out there watching. If you haven't followed, subscribe, like, do that. Hit the share button and come back. We got more for you. Tomorrow, Friday, uh, Friday's the chosen stuff. Uh, and I'll see you again right here on Life Today Live. It is the believing of the heart. It is faith in God. The